The 23rd Psalm, please. The 23rd Psalm. Praise God for the lovely Lady May Blake in the house. God bless her. Jehovah is my shepherd. I shall not mourn. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. <clears throat> you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy <clears throat> shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you've got a shepherd in the Lord, clap your hands as you're seated in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Be seated. Notice that in the earlier manuscripts, the psalm begins with the proper and specific name of God, Yahweh, our Jehovah. The written and verbal pronunciation of the name in English became Jehovah. In Hebrew, it probably would have been Yahweh. But around 300 BC, the Hebrews stopped using the name Yahweh or Jehovah because they felt it was too high or holy for them to speak or write that name. So they started saying, and in later manuscripts writing, God's title, Adonai, our Lord, instead. So it became, the Lord is my shepherd. This change was done more than 6,800 times in the Old Testament. This was the name, Jehovah, Yahweh, that God spoke to Moses at the burning bush. The bush that did not burn up. It kept burning, but it just did not burn up. Whenever you see LORD in all caps, L-O-R-D, know that Jehovah or Yahweh was what was originally said in the Old Testament. The meaning of Jehovah is the existing one, the God who is self-existent, God who is eternal, the God who is independent. Jehovah implies that he is the God who brings into existence whatever is in existence. The God who is always present, the God who is always powerful. And so that God spoke to Moses out of a bush that kept burning all day long, but did not burn up. It was a fire that used no fuel. I'll say it again. God spoke to Moses out of a bush 
that was burning and had a fire that never did go out, never was extinguished. It was a fire that used no fuel. It was a fire that burned on nothing. God has some fires that keep on burning, and they're not burning anything up. They just have their existence within themselves. If we could do that, we would have mastered one of the greatest challenges that we face on the earth. Hallelujah. We're dependent on fossil fuels, coal, solar energy, wind to generate the energy that we need. But Jehovah God creates whatever he wants to create whenever he wants to create it. He does not need anything to exist or to survive. So in the original manuscripts, the psalm would say, Jehovah is my shepherd. I'm convinced it's all right to use God's proper name and that God wants us to use his name. I'm trying to train myself that whenever I pray to the Lord, I conceive of the Lord, I think of him as Jehovah, the one who creates all things. This helps me to remember that he is the self-existent one, the source of all things, the creator of everything that is in existence. Jehovah is the Lord is. I could stop right there and the message would be a complete message. Would you just say it after me? Jehovah is my shepherd. Now the nature of an individual's life is impacted by his belief about Jehovah, about his response to the fact of God's existence, the magnitude of the universe, the intricacy of this vast universe, the complexity of the animal and human life on the earth loudly confirm the existence of God. Psalm 83, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is mine, what is man, that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you conceive and create him. Jehovah is my shepherd. My God is my shepherd. He has the heart of a shepherd. He has the love of a shepherd. He assumes the responsibility of a shepherd. Hallelujah. Sheep are a shepherd's priority. And a shepherd knows the sheep. A shepherd understands the sheep. He's concerned about the sheep. He will sacrifice everything for the sheep. He will risk his life for the sheep. And so not only does the psalmist recognize God as a shepherd, he uses the term my shepherd. Not just shepherd, but my shepherd. Will you tell your neighbor he's my shepherd? 
Psalm 103 says, Know that Jehovah, he's God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd, but we must choose to be his sheep, a part of his flock, and to have a sheep-like spirit in relationship to our shepherd. What do you mean a sheep-like spirit, preacher? Well, sheep are dependent on the shepherd. Sheep are harmless in their living on the earth. There's no animal, no being that fears or worries about the pain or the destruction that might come to them because of the Lord's sheep. Sheep are harmless. They are unaggressive. They are inoffensive. They're easily led by a shepherd whom they know. They're gentle and kind. John, 4, John 10, 4 says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. During the day, sometimes the shepherds gather, and they allow their flocks to interlate, interrate to one another. And at the end of the day, he does not have to go out selecting his sheep one by one and making them get in a certain place and pushing them to a certain location. All he does is go and stand in his place and call out to his sheep. And his sheep know his voice. Other shepherds are calling also, but the sheep go to whomever is their shepherd because they know the voice of their shepherd. Is there anybody here who's glad you've got a shepherd? Hallelujah. Verse 5 says in John 10, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, and they will flee from a stranger, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Sheep enjoy such a close relationship with the shepherd and with his family, and they have a propensity for individual affection and loyalty to the shepherd that they become beloved family pets. Just like you have a dog or a cat, their, their lamb or their sheep would have the same relationship to them and in their household. Sheep cannot survive or thrive without a shepherd. Tell your neighbor, I can't make it without my shepherd. But many times, God cannot be our shepherd because we are unwilling to be his sheep. You know, the primary role of a sheep is to follow and to trust and to obey. And the promises and benefits and privileges of this psalm are only for those who are his sheep. If you want to be blessed by the shepherd, then you've got to become a member of the shepherd's flock. The promises and benefits of this psalm are only for those who are his sheep and who look to him as their shepherd. What a glorious revelation. I can say the Lord is, Jehovah is my shepherd. Would you just testify to somebody and tell them, Jehovah is my shepherd. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. The writer, Larry Stockstill, reminds us 
we have in this psalm a reflection of the major divine names of God that are expressed in the Old Testament. The function that the Lord performed in the various aspects of this psalm are reflective of the various divine names of God. Let's look in verse 1. In verse 1, we have the words Jehovah Roah. Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah is my shepherd. That is clearly stated. Psalm 95 and 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. That is the meaning of the word Rohi. And so when you say the name Jehovah Rohi, you're recognizing that God is your shepherd and it indicates that this is one of the names of God, that we can consider him one who is our shepherd. We are his, he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Then he goes on a little further and he says, I shall not want. Would you say that after me? I shall not want. For many of us, this is the first verse that we learn as children. I shall not want. The words are an acknowledgement of thanksgiving and faith and gratitude. The psalmist here expresses that he is not and shall not in need, that he is not in want, that those things who are essential, necessary to his being, to his life on the earth, God provides it. God takes care of my needs. Some of you have gone through some tough times in the last several weeks and last several months, but you've made it even though you were in a tough time. You don't know where the blessing came from. You don't know who the vehicle of the blessing was, just all of a sudden God just sent a blessing into your life that was beyond anything that you were thinking about, anything that you were considering. You had a need. God stepped into your situation immediately, and the Lord met that need. Clap your hands and praise God for his goodness. This means not only that the Lord meets your need and this is not saying that God is some kind of errand boy who's rushing around to provide for every whim and desire that might be in our minds, that might come to our hearts. He's saying first that God provides for me. Is there anybody here who knows that God is providing for you? Live this last week, but God has brought you. God has kept taking care of you. Be not dismayed. Whatever betide, God will take care of you. That need may now be seen to be in the future and yet to come. But listen, don't you worry about it. God will take care of you. Tell your neighbor, God will take care of you. But David is saying, saying also that he works to govern and limit selfish 
fleshly desires in the physical man. You don't need everything you might want. Can I get a witness? And you should not want everything you see. Amen. The sheep is content to follow the shepherd and trust the shepherd to provide those things that he needs. He's most happy who wants the fewest things. Some of you, your problem is not that God is not providing what you want, but you want too much. You want things that you do not need. Paul says in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in regard of need, for I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Paul says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everything, where and in all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry and to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And what he means there is I can endure all things. Whatever I've got to go through, I'm able to go through it because Jesus steps in and he gives me strength. We brought nothing into this world and it's certain that we will carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, let us be content. We shall be content. And so in the absence of this need, this driving desire, God steps in by his power and by his might and takes care of us. Be not dismayed, whatever tide, God will take care of you. So the psalmist says, God beats all my needs, everything that is necessary to my life. God takes care of it. God meets that need. But at the same time, things are not my priority. I will not be driven by the desire for things and for pleasure. I'll be content to follow the shepherd and to receive those things that the shepherd is able to provide. So we've read the first verse of this 23rd Psalm. And this first verse summarizes and includes all the rest of the Psalm. It's but a summary of everything that shall follow. Jehovah Rohi tells us that God is and who he is. And the rest of the Psalm tells us what God does and what he does in our lives. And we have observed now that God is Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, and that God is Jehovah Jireh, I provider. God is my shepherd. I have no need and no necessity in my life. And then in Psalm 23 and verse 2, the Bible says that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Now this portrays the thought and the atmosphere of peace. And that reminds me that God is called in Judges 6, 23 and verse 24, Jehovah Shalom. Say that after me, Jehovah Shalom. This is found in Judges 23. The Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called that altar Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. He makes me to lie down 
in green pastures. And that means he gives me peace. I can rest. I can sleep in green pastures. In the wild, wild prey animals might be victimized by predators. And they have to be very careful about lying down. The little antelope, the little deer, the various animals who are prey animals who would be consumed by other animals. They have to be very careful about lying down. They must constantly be on their feet and ready to run. The enemies of these little prey animals who would be victims are most likely to destroy them when they're resting or when they're sleeping, or at least when they're lying on the ground. Sheep ruminate. That means they chew their food at least twice. They have a four-part stomach, and the food they consume first goes into the rumen from ruminate, which is the first and largest compartment of the stomach. And once they've consumed the grass or the food, then they go and lie down. And they bring the food back up and chew it again. They ruminate. And then they pass it on to the other compartments of the stomach. So a healthy sheep spends several hours a day ruminating or chewing the cud. And when this is done, they do it while they are lying down. And they ruminate. In Philippians 4 and 8, the Bible says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the word meditate is akin to the word in Scripture, ruminate. So we bring up what we've read in the Word and we meditate. We chew on it like chewing the cud. That's what they would call it. Another problem, however, that sheep has is that when they lie down, they can't always get back up again. Some of y'all didn't know that. So you're learning something today. They, they lie down they, and can't always get back up on their feet. Sometimes when their fleece is thick and wet or when they are pregnant or when the grass is long and the grass is deep, they get stuck on their backs. And if they are not assisted and flipped and set aright, they will suffocate. This is called casting. When you're casting, you're caught on your back. You cannot get back on your feet. And sheep have that experience that at times they can't get up. They, they, they can't walk. They cannot get on their feet. When they're pregnant or when the grass is long, they get stuck on their backs. And if they're not assisted, they will suffocate on their backs. This is called casting are to be cast down. This is what is meant when we read about the, the, the word when it says that, that David's soul said, 
in Psalm 42 and 11, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted with me? How many of you just, of you just learned what being cast down meant? Uh -huh. Look at your name and say, I, I, I've learned something else. A man was in a class with a teacher, and uh, he uh, one day went to the teacher and said, listen, you learned me a whole lot. The teacher said to the man, no, I didn't learn you, I taught you. You learned a whole lot. He said, look out, you're going and learn me something else. I'm stuck on my back. My soul is about to suffocate. But listen, child of God, if you are stuck in a situation, if life is confusing and trouble and distressing for you and you can't move ahead, he is able to lift you up and bring you out of your predicament. Hallelujah. This helps us understand what David was talking about in Psalm 42 and 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? For yet I shall praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. But listen, the Bible teaches that if you are stuck on your back and can't get up and can't go forward, just keep on trusting in God. David said in Psalm 4 and 8, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you Lord, o alone, alone make me dwell in safety. And then in Proverbs 3 and 24, the Bible says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Some people can't sleep for worrying about their bills and worrying about their family and worrying about their marriage. Some of you in the house of the Lord now are worried about whether you're going to be able to get back up again. Your sleep is fleeting and difficult. Your sleep is rough and, and filled with anxiety. But now, child of God, you can lay down and go to sleep now. Tell somebody you can sleep now. Hallelujah, because you have the help, the presence, the power of Almighty God. Well, let's go a little bit further in this. He leads me beside the still waters. Say it after me. He leads me beside the still waters. I'm told that an adult sheep can drink a gallon of water each day. And I'm also told that sheep are not good swimmers. And in rough currents, when their wool is wet, they can be carried away by the current and they can drown. It's difficult and dangerous for them to drink from a spring or to drink from a stream or to drink in a turbulent waters or to be in a turbulent river because in swift currents, if their wool is wet, they can be carried away by the current and they can drown. And so, isn't it wonderful that we've got a God that does not take us out into the rough currents 
and turbulent waters of life, he takes us to still water. He leads me beside the still water. Anybody in here glad that your river and your turbulent waters would not destroy you and cause you to drown and to be carried away? You don't have to drink from a river or from a rushing stream. You have a Lord who provides for you still waters. He comes in to your situation when things are going wrong and going crazy and he becomes a protector and a God and a Lord in your life. Clap your hands and praise God for still waters. You would not have been able to make it if the Lord had not still your water. But then, let me go on a little bit further. You getting anything out of this? What does he do in Psalm 23 and 3? He restores my soul. Hallelujah. 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 To restore is to give back. To restore is to build back. To restore is to place back. To restore is to recharge and to encourage and to heal. That reminds us that God is Rapha, a Jehovah Rapha. That is what he's called in Exodus 15 and 26. I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. And listen, they were singing earlier a beautiful song that God is going to do a suddenly in your life. Sometimes the Lord just does it a suddenly. We could not make it. We could not go ahead. We could not go forward. But God did a suddenly. And he restored your soul. He built you back up again. He enabled you to go forward. Have you ever been to that point that you didn't know whether you were going to make it or not? I've, I've been in times that I burned out. I had no strength, no might, no strength, no, no ability to move ahead, to go ahead. I, I didn't know how I was going to make it, but the Lord stepped in and healed me and restored my soul, turned my life around, gave me victory, gave me power, gave me strength. And I want you to know the restoring work of the Holy Ghost is taking place even according to the word of God. And the word says what it said because God knew that one day you would need some restoration. You need God to step into your life, turn your life around. How many of you know God can turn your life around? Would you have me praising? He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He heals me. Heals me both in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. He refreshes me. He causes my life to return. He restores me. Hallelujah. If you've ever been to a high place in life, if you've ever been to a, a good place, a blessed place, a place that you remember, a place for which you thanked God for, thank God again because God is going to restore you. He's going to heal you. He's going to set you up and fix you up. And the reason they gave us the bushes that burn but were not consumed, then we have the ability to be good in the midst of trials and tribulations, and we are not consumed. Tell your neighbor, it did not consume me. God has a way of bringing his children through fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the furnace 
in the fire because of their faithfulness to God. And God stepped in the fire with them. And the Bible says, the king said, did not I throw three men bound in the fire? But now I see four men loose and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth one is like the son of God. The fourth one was in the furnace with him. And the fourth one is in the furnace with you. And you can rely on God who can burn and not let you be consumed. The king said, did not I cast four men and the three men in the fire. Now I see four men and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. And they, they got out except for the fourth man. The fourth man did not get out. And he would explain it by saying, I stayed in the fire. So and when another of my children gets caught in the fire, I'll be there to bring them out. Tell your neighbor, if you're caught in the fire, if you're caught in the fire, God is there to bring you out. If he's ever brought you out, give him praise. Give him thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go on to the next psalm. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, God is true to his name. He's called in Jeremiah 23 and 6 by the name Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord our righteous. The Lord is our righteousness. When you look at somebody and tell them the Lord is our righteousness, he reckons us to be righteous. We're sinners. Wickedness is a part of our lives. But the Lord says, I decree, I state that you are Righteous, Your sins are forgiven. Not your righteousness, but I'm your righteousness. And I'll help you walk in righteousness. I'll help you to be clean. I'll help you to stay clean. I'll reckon you to be righteous. And listen, to follow God, to go with him, is to go in the right direction. There's a way that seems right to a man. Then thereof are the ways of death. God, our righteousness. His name, Jehovah Roha, assures us that his sheep have his diligent care. He leads us in the right way. There's a way that seems right to man. But then thereof are the ways of death. And trust in your, the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and he shall direct your path. Come on, clap your hands. Look at your name and say, he's almost through. He leads us in the right path. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. And the psalmist said, yea, verse four, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 48 and 35 says the name of the city from that day 
shall be Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord is there. And the Lord is present. Though I walk through the valley, God is present. How many of you have gone through valleys? How many of you are in a valley right now? But the Lord is present with you in 1 Kings 20 and 28. The Syrians were warring against the Israelites. And the Israelites beat the Syrians. The Syrians were defeated. And the Syrians got together and tried to understand what happened. And one of them said what happened was that we fought them in the wrong place. If we fight them in the mountains, we will win. But if we fight them in the valley, then they will be defeated. And so let's get them out in the valley and fight them there. But they went out in the valley and the Syrians defeated them there. And they were able to do it because as they said, our God is the God of the valleys and he's God of the mountains. Say to your neighbor, you may be in a mountain or a valley, but you can lean on God. You will win. Hallelujah. 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 He is God of the mountain and he's God of the valley. And the Lord said, that's why I let you win everywhere because I'm God on the mountain and I'm God in the valley. The psalmist said, yea, though I walk through the valley and in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is there. Jehovah Shammah. We have our valleys, but God's presence assures us that we will go through the valley and not perish. He's not only God of our valleys and God of our mountains. He's God, though we walk through the shadow of death, thou shalt be with me. I will fear no evil. Hallelujah. You need to know that you don't need to worry about shadows. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about shadow. Hallelujah. A shadow and shade are the same thing. Would you tell your neighbor, shadow and shade are the same thing. A shadow can never hurt you. A shadow can protect you from the burning rays of the sun. Shade is also a good thing because it can make you, protect you from the burning rays of the sun. A healthy awareness of the shadow of death can help you to live life and prepare for death. But if God is with me, if God is protecting me, I'll be all right in the shadow. I'll walk in the shade of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord, God of the hills, God of the valleys, God of the shadow, 
and God of the shade, be not dismayed. Whatever takes you, God will take care of you. I'm just about finishing now, but hold on just a little bit longer. The Bible teaches that there's a life beyond this life that all believers can live. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A staff was an instrument used to protect, to guide, to rescue the sheep. A staff was an instrument that the shepherd would use to protect and to take care of the sheep. A rod was a weapon that could be used against beasts of prey who might protect the, attack the sheep. And so child of God, you've got God with his rod and his staff to take care of you. Be not dismayed. Be not dismayed. Whatever time, God will. God will take care of you. The shepherd is with you. He's by your side. He's there to help you. He's there to undergird you. Hallelujah. I'm about through now. But let me tell you about Psalm 23 and 6. Brother Thomas said, surely, surely, hallelujah, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the day of my life. I will dwell in the house of God forever. If you follow him, there are some things that will follow you. Tell your neighbor goodness and mercy are following me all the day of my life. Come on and praise him. Yes, yes. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Rapha. For Jehovah is my shepherd. Hallelujah. I shall not want, but Jehovah Shalom is my peace. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. I have Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals me and restores my soul. I have Jehovah Sit Canoe, for God is my righteousness. I've got Jehovah Shema, for the Lord is there. Wherever I go, whatever I may endure, I've got Jehovah on my side. He says, I am the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. Be not dismayed, whatever time. God will, God will take care of you. Tell two people, God is taking care of me. I've got a shepherd. I'll be all right. God is taking care of me in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the distress. God is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand up and praise Him. 
Tell your neighbor I've got a shepherd who takes care of me. I'm not worried. I'm not distressed. COVID-19 may be running rampage all over the world. People may be dying. People may be losing their life. But I shall not die. I've got the power of God, the mercy of God, and the anointing of God on my life. And everything, everything will be all right. Tell two people everything. Everything is going to be all right. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I've got confidence that I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. I'll see you the following week. I'll see you the next month. Because I'm going to hold on under the power of my God. God will bring you through and bring you out. Help me praise him. God will. Tell that neighbor, God will. God will. Take care of you. Praise him. You know that it goes on. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody needs prayer. Somebody needs a move of God in your life. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We've got a God who can take care of us. Oh, bless his name. Oh, bless his name. The Holy Ghost gives you might, gives you power. And when Jesus was crucified, when he was buried in the grave, he grabbed power by the neck and shook power to power and the devil turned him loose. The devil had to step back. Jesus said, I'm he that was dead and now I'm alive forevermore. He's alive. And if he lives, you can live also. Clap your hands and praise him. I tell you what I see. I see God healing your body. Anybody have a sickness and you need to be healed from it. Prostate cancer. High blood pressure. Defects in your heart. Problems in your body. Testify to somebody and say, by faith I'm healed. In the name of Jesus. Come on, tell the one on the other side, by faith I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, for healing us. Thank you, dear Lord, for delivering us. Thank you, dear Lord, for lifting us up out of trouble. 
lifting us up out of distress. Thank you, Lord, for driving disease from our body. Thank you that you raised us up in the name of all over the room. Clap your hands and give God praise. Clap your hands and thank God. Hallelujah. He's healing. He's healing. He's delivering and setting free. If he could raise Jesus from the dead, he can heal your body. I expect you to come back to the house of the Lord saying, the Lord healed me. The Lord delivered me. The Lord set me free. How many of you will give God advanced praise for what he's going to do? Jesus died for your sins. I will not close this service without praying for somebody who wants to be saved and who wants to receive Jesus as your Lord. He wants to be your Lord.